Welcome to Meet Me at the Movies. I am Noel T. Manning II. We appreciate you spending time with us. Uh, if you're doing that through C19 TV, I thank you. If you're doing that through the streaming version, that's C19.TV. And if you're choosing to listen to the podcast through WGWG.org, we thank you as well. However you choose to spend time with us. Uh, I am Noel T. Manning II, along with uh, Thomas Manning. Uh, Greg Tillman, our producer, is still trying to uh, find the Zoom link. So Greg's not with us today. He, he's having some technical issues, but we do have a very special guest, Bill Tush. Bill, good to see you, man. Oh, no, finally got through this. I mean, you're, the other guy's having problems. I was having problems. I don't understand <laughs> any of this stuff. <laughs> well, I've got to say, uh, my, my son is probably going to, my son Thomas is probably going to have a few questions for you about the poster in the background. But we'll we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, that's yes, yes. Oh, I can even tell what poster that is from here. So, so, so back to the. Oh, okay. It's back to the future. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. That, yeah, that is actually uh, a, a redesign of the original poster. Yeah. Absolutely uh, gorgeous. Yeah, the Alamo. Uh, let me look at the Alamo. What is it? Theaters. What do they call themselves? Alamo. There's a chain called Alamo. Yeah. And yeah, they have an artist that redoes all these posters just wow. for them, which they, which they sell. And I'm in the conference room of our movie theater and we got them hanging up there because the gentleman that owns the theater, one of his accounts was the Alamo chain. Wow. It's, yeah. So we've got these posters everywhere. They're really cool, actually. Yeah. In fact, they're them. so cool. The several have been stolen right off the wall. <laughs> They're now in somebody's apartment somewhere. <laughs> well, well, Bill, I really appreciate your time today. I know you are uh, are a busy man, and uh, just excited to spend some time with you. Kind of talking about your uh, your history in uh, journalism, uh, entertainment journalism, and mm. uh, and also uh, you know going into uh, spending some time managing a movie house as well. So. So thanks again for taking the time oh, today. Oh, you know, my pleasure. We're, you know, we, we finally got reopened back into action after being closed for two months. And uh, so we're, we're kind of just getting our feet wet again, I guess. Alamo Draft House. That's, That's it. Yes, like. Alamo Draft House. <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, you know, you're a longtime TV journalist, a uh, pretty uh, incredible comic talent as well. You were a movie host, entertainment correspondent, movie theater manager. Uh, I remember... Uh, <laughs> movie theater manager. <laughs> the high point of my life. <laughs> and I'm starting to work tomorrow on a... Uh, well, uh, am I correct that you did do some Hollywood correspondence? And oh, yeah. You yeah, were doing some I stuff that for years. <laughs> with CNN, uh, with Turner Broadcasting, so even before it was Turner Broadcasting, yeah. uh, and Showbiz yeah. Today or Showbiz Tonight as well? It was show, Showbiz Today. And, uh, yeah, we started that in 82. So here, I'll give you a quick, a quick timeline of me. I was in Atlanta from 74 to about 82, and that's when I got to be really well-known on cable TV. 
And then in 82, I went out to L.A. to take over a talk show, a celebrity talk show that was on TBS and CNN. And we did that about a year, I guess. And then we started the showbiz show and they wanted me to go to New York. So I went to New York. And I mean, I, that's where I always wanted to be anyway. And I was there for 20 years and we did the showbiz show. And then 9-11 happened and that was the end of that. So. And we all kind of, I went my, I retired in 2002. Wow. So going back to those early days before Turner Broadcasting, when you were mm -hmm. doing work there in Atlanta, did you have any idea uh, what was in store for that station at that time and how it was going to be the pioneer? Well, I don't think any of us did. You know, we were, and I'm talking from Ted Turner all the way down. You know, it was a local UHF station. UHF was the the sideband to what everybody, you know, you had Channel 2, you had Channel 11, or no, yeah, Channel 2, Channel 11, Channel 4, every city had those channels. And then you had the Channel 17s and the Channel 36s and that. And that's where we were, Channel 17. And Ted's sales pitch back in the early days was that our viewers were more intelligent than, than everybody else because they had to figure out how to get the channel. They couldn't just turn the TV on. They had to figure out how to get it. So, you know, we, we carved our little niche there with old movies and sitcoms. And then we had the Atlanta Braves. And I think the Atlanta Hawks came a little later. And then the satellite thing happened in 76. And I don't think, and, and, and when we went on satellite, it was never a big deal. It was never any big announcement. It was not like, oh, we're going to be a satellite television. It just happened. It was like an experiment almost. You know, somebody talked to Ted about they could do this and he said, well, let's try it. Wow. So here was this little Atlanta television station suddenly being seen on cable channels around the country and cable systems around the country. And it, it just grew from there, you know. And, and half of the appeal was it was this little crazy television station from Atlanta uh, that didn't care about news either because I was the news guy and the news was a comedy show that we did in the middle of the night because, you know, it was we didn't have a budget for the news. And so we just, what they used to call rip and read, the news off the wire machine and sit in front of a camera. And then it started, as I said, it became a comedy. And it caught on. And... Uh, you know, then then we decided to really push the satellite thing. And I remember one of the funniest things I remember is when we became started calling ourselves a superstation, we used the logo superstation stolen right from Star Wars. I mean, the font, right. the, the star field in the background, everything was the direct steal of Star Wars. And do you know, nobody said a thing. I mean, <laughs> you know, nowadays you'd be sued, forget it, overnight you'd have shut that off, you know. But we just did it and nobody cared. I don't know how we ever got away with that. <laughs> but that's how the super, then we became the superstition. And then CNN in 1980. Right. Well, I, I know Thomas has a, a question that he's dying to ask you, I think, relating uh, something to the, the comedy aspect or maybe something else. Mm -hmm. So, Thomas, go ahead and dive in. I can, yeah. I can see you're ready, man. Oh, yeah. Well, looking back to your uh, late night comedy show, early morning, what was it, 3 a.m. you would broadcast that? That yeah. is uh, 
I'm sure working with such a limited budget or no budget whatsoever. It no budget. Get, yeah, yeah. Forced you to get really creative uh, with some of your comedy skits and sketches. So, uh, you know, what was the process like in developing ideas? Was there any sort of brainstorming? Was it just kind of ad lib? There was no process. It was whatever we, I mean, you know, you'd think of it during the day and say, well, let's do that, you know. And, uh, and, and it was really just seat of the pants kind of thing. And, uh, you know, a couple of things, you know, every now and then we would do something that did take a little pre-production or whatever uh, and and those were the big ideas our problem was the studio at that time was used as a production studio for advertising agencies so often they would be doing commercials in the studio and I would have to say look I got to record the newscast and they would shove me in the corner and I would sit there and just do the news and then you know and and I'll tell you one thing I remember we occasionally would do uh, commercials for uh, somebody, whatever, but they would build a living room set, a nice living room. And I would say to the advertising people, I'd say, can, do you mind if we use your set for our newscast? And I said, so we can break it down during the news. So I would come on and I'd be sitting in this beautiful looking living room and start the news and, and start saying, you know, by the way, you might have noticed our new set here. We uh, have finally spent some money and we built ourselves this beautiful set and we hope you enjoy it. And now the news and I would start reading the news. But all the while I was reading it, they're coming in, taking stuff away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And by the end of the newscast, I was standing in a dark studio and everything was gone. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's what we used to do. We would play with whatever happened to be there at the moment. And that, yeah. You know, if I sat down and thought about how many things just happened just by by accident or by luck or whatever, you know, a lot of, I mean, the whole thing was luck. I mean, it just, uh, you know, like I said, we never expected to be on a satellite or anything like that. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, we're a national, we have a national audience for this crazy newscast. And the sales department was really embarrassed by it. They had two shows two shows that they didn't want anybody to know we did but how would they hide them one was my newscast and the other was wrestling you know and those were the two most popular shows on the air so they were they would always you know oh no we don't do wrestling they used to call wrestling professional sports right. any of the printed material about the television station it would say 5 p.m saturday professional sports <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> so so is it true that you had no on-air experience on tv before you started no. doing this no I, I was working as a radio i was a disc jockey on a radio station and i literally walked into the tv station one morning with a tape in my hand a little demo tape and they led me from one person to another and the guy in charge of hiring people like like myself said our announcer quit yesterday we need somebody and that's how i got the job wow that's how i got the job and you know and then uh, one day and the news used to be read on an audio tape and there'd be a slide for 15 20 minutes at three o'clock in the morning that said news and one morning ted came in he said Man, he said, don't we have anybody who can sit in front of a camera and read the news? 
you know, and they says, Bill, you want to sit in front of the camera and read the news? And that's, that's how it started. Yeah. In right place at the right time. That was yeah. all it was. All it was. You know? yeah. that, that's how life is. I think for yeah. so many of us is being in the right place, at the right time and saying yes. Yeah. When the opportunity presents itself. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's a whole other show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you are watching Meet Me at the Movies. Uh, I am Noel T. Manning II, uh, Thomas Manning with us as always, Bill Tush. Uh, our guest today, Bill, we appreciate you taking time. We're going to take a quick break, a little intermission here. We're going to come back and spend some more time talking to you about uh, your life uh, in the world. And we're going to dive into the world of entertainment uh, and how that unfolded for you uh, right after this quick intermission on Meet Me at the Movies. Thanks for joining us. They're gonna put me in the movies. They're gonna make a big star out of me. Hello students, my name is Jason Hurst and I have the honor and privilege of serving as president of Cleveland Community College. As you all know, this has certainly been an interesting semester related to uh, the pandemic. I want you to know how incredibly proud I am of each one of you for enduring and being persistent to get through your classes. I know this has been a trying time. Many of you have been caregivers. You've had to keep your children. Uh, you've had to work from home. You've had to teach school. And you've had to endure and overcome a lot of obstacles to be able to complete your classes. But I want you to know we're incredibly proud of you. And we look forward to seeing you back this summer semester or this fall semester. Congratulations on your accomplishments. To help protect others from COVID-19, DHEC encourages everyone to wear a mask or cloth face covering when in public. Make sure your mask covers your nose and mouth and you can breathe through it. Remember to clean your hands before and after putting on your mask and try not to touch the mask or your face while wearing it. Don't use a mask on children under the age of two and don't use surgical masks needed by healthcare workers. Help stop the spread. Visit scdhec.gov COVID-19. They're gonna put me in the movies. They're gonna make a big star out of me. Welcome back to Meet Me at the Movies. Noel T. Manning II here with Thomas Manning and our special guest, Bill Tush. Uh, Bill Tush is a legend, uh, and, and some people may even say an infamous legend, uh, which is not a bad thing. Infamous is better than being famous. So <laughs> <laughs> Nice to be remembered for some. That's, that's right. Well, your, uh, your world of, uh, of entertainment and uh, journalism and, uh, and, every, and comedy and everything in between uh, is something that is definitely worth writing uh, a book or two or three or four about. And if we have time, we might even talk about what a film might look like on your life. We'll see if we have time for that or not. Um, but before we get there, uh, again, I want to thank you for being here and thanks for taking the time to do this. Oh, my pleasure. It's nice. I'm having a good time. Thank you. <laughs> well, uh, before the break, we kind of talked about how you got into the whole satellite TV and cable TV thing before it ever was a thing. And I didn't expect that to happen. You were not someone that sought to be on TV, but it presented itself to you and you took advantage of that. At what point did you feel drawn toward more of the entertainment side of things than the news side of things? No, that's, uh, well, you know, I never really, uh, the whole news thing to me, I never had any, it never appealed to me. I mean, even when I was in radio, and I'd be offered a job to be a news reader or whatever. I always found that 
I, I, it was never interesting to me, never interesting to me. But entertainment was, I mean, uh, you know, I was a movie buff from the time I was a little kid. I was a television buff. I mean, that's all I ever wanted to be around was entertainment kind of things. And I think it was just, again, it was a lucky progression for me because the job I did have that became, you know, this comedy newscast, all of a sudden, there'd be a star in town in, in Atlanta appearing at, back then they said dinner theater, you know, and they would bring the star by for an interview. And I would talk to these people and here. I'm now suddenly talking to legends like, like Vincent Price and uh, Burgess Meredith. And, you know, yeah. I mean, people like that. And uh, Dana Andrews came by one time, and, you know, there a lot of these names mean nothing to people in their twenties or whatever, thirties, but you know, they were film legends that uh, suddenly I was getting a chance to talk to. And then as we got bigger and things began to progress, it just all came about there. You know, the, the new movies would come out that bring the stars to the TV station uh, for interviews. And then I got known for doing this kind of thing. So that just became a part of my kind of my whole image, I guess. And then when we started doing, uh, when CNN started and we had the celebrity talk show that they wanted me to do, uh, it was just a perfect fit for me, you know, and, and I enjoyed it. Unfortunately, I didn't work at it as hard as I should have because I was, I was riding the crest of my cable stardom. There. <laughs> yeah. I should have like been more in the, in the trenches working on it. You know, and then we started the Showbiz Show, which was uh, CNN's answer to entertainment tonight. And, uh, and it was in New York City. So it was, you know, suddenly I went from being this comedy news guy to being the CNN face for all the, the entertainment stuff. And, you know, when you're in New York, that's premieres, that's parties, that's, uh, you know, interviews. And, and you're right there. And, uh, you know, after a while, it became just commonplace. You just, you know, and it was a part of my life, you know. And it's just, and then when I retire, all of a sudden I have a friend that owned a movie theater, says, you want to work at the movie theater? I think, well, I got nothing to do. I like movies, so I'll work at the movie theater. <laughs> so I'm still like, I'm still in the movies. That's right. Somehow. That's right. <laughs> Go for it, Thomas. I yeah. see your question, buddy. Yeah, well, I think kind of branching off of that uh, movie theater subject, I think anybody that looks at the trajectory of your career will notice that you're always looking for a new challenge, like what's next, what can give you a different perspective on the entertainment industry. Yeah. And so I would say, like, how has working as a movie theater manager given you some different insight into that specific, uh, you know, portion of the entertainment world? Well, you know, I'm, t I'm totally on a... A different end of it now i mean right. it's more more of just a business and uh i really there's really no connection or, or you know the, the only thing i could think of thomas is, is uh a lot of people that come into the theater if they're a certain age group recognize me so they come in and still talk about showbiz and talk about movies and talk about so i i still have that but it's more it's no longer to a mass audience you know it's just uh, yeah certain groups of people or whoever you know comes in and asks me a question and i have i have fun doing it too but uh no it's not it's certainly not like the 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 old days of you know to where you'd go to so many parties in a week 
my wife who at the time used to say, how do you get tired of this stuff? I said, I've been doing it forever. You know, <laughs> it's like, geez, I, I got to go there again. <laughs> but well, I got to judge the Miss Hawaiian Tropic Contest again. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 take me through that first interview you had with a celebrity, because there is a surreal experience that happens the first opportunity you have that. Um, oh, you mean the very first one? Yeah. Do you remember the very first celebrity interview you had? Because I know that when I've been uh, able to I can that, tell you, I, I can tell you, well, I mentioned Vincent Price. He was like the first, first of all, Vincent Price was always one of my idols. I mean, as a kid, I went to all those horror movies and, and I loved Vincent Price. And now he was in Atlanta doing something. At that time, he was promoting artwork for Sears, I remember, in the 70s. That's what he was doing. See? So it's not so bad ending up working in a movie theater when Vincent Price is pushing art for Sears. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, you know, here was been, I'm standing in a room talking to Vincent Price. And surprisingly, I wasn't nervous at the time, but I remember I never, I had no clue what to ask him. No clue. I mean, I just, I, I thought, what do I, what do I talk to him about? And I'm sure everything I said sounded so stupid. But then years go by. And it's now the 90s in New, in New York. And he had done that movie, The Whales of August with uh, Betty Davis and Lillian Gish. And I had to interview him again. I had to interview him. They, you know, <laughs> the pleasure of interview. And I reminded him at that time. I says, you know what? You're the first big star I ever met. And we, and we just laughed about it. And, you know, it was like a whole different thing. Now he was just this regular guy and we were just having a good time talking about that. That was kind of fun. So yeah. that was my, that's a, thanks for jogging my memory. Well, I will say that Vincent Price as your first big celebrity yeah. is not a bad way to start. Not well, I remember, I'll tell you another one uh, that was, was crazy. Uh, when I was doing the show in, in uh, L.A., the talk show, and I left there, and there was a period of maybe six or seven months where I didn't, did nothing. I was like in hiatus, and then I was in New York, and we were starting the showbiz show. And the producer came to me and says, look, go over with the crew to the so-and-so club, whatever. Uh, we got an interview set up with Paul McCartney. Wow. And yeah, and I went, okay, okay. Now the next thing I know, I'm sitting in a booth in a bar, restaurant, or a nightclub with Paul McCartney and his wife, Linda. <laughs> and I remember wow. talking to him and my legs under the table shit my leg was shaking <laughs> yes. because I was I'm sitting next to Paul McCartney wow. you know and that was like the first interview I'd done in six or seven months yeah so that wow. yeah and I never got you know and here's a crazy thing too I think about this now with with the telephone the iPhones and everything and everybody has pictures of everything there are so many pictures I have missed wow. over the years because back then you'd be lugging around some big camera, you know, and uh, it's not like today. Everybody's got selfies of everybody. You know? <laughs> right. But I think, I, I think, boy, I could have a whole other career, a whole other show on the side just with what I could shoot on my iPhone. You know what I mean? Right. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You know, all the yeah. behind the scenes stuff.
I was at Ted's, uh, Ted Turner's uh, 80th birthday party last year, and Al Gore was there. And my date, she's a big political person. I mean, I don't know if she's for Gore or not, but the thing, but she's a political person. And I said, why don't you get your picture taken with Al Gore? I'll take your picture. She says, oh, no, no, no. I says, come on, he expects it. People, any more they just expect it. Sure enough, you know, he stood yeah. there and they have a nice picture together. Yeah. But that's just part of the game anymore. It is. It is. It's just yeah. natural now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's natural. Well, we've, we've only got about a minute left, but I do want to thank you for your time. And we do, we will ask this one hot topic question. Um, <laughs> I have no answer to that. <laughs> you, you, you still don't have an answer to that. Well, we'll let Thomas go and then I'll go. So the hot topic is if there was a movie based on your life, a biopic on your life, uh, right. who would star as you? And you can choose either the, the kid version, the adult version, or the teenage version. Thomas, I'm gonna let you go first. Oh, man. I could. I don't have to. I don't. I don't have to pick all three. No, you don't have to. You don't have to. Oh, okay. But, yeah. All so right. we'll we'll let Thomas go first. Uh, all right. So for an adult version of me, I'm gonna go with uh, Domhnall Gleeson, uh, of course, famous British actor who's developed a pretty big name for himself over the years. And um, of course, the red hair doesn't hurt. I think I always draw a connection to somebody like that, and uh, he's just. I think he could portray a lot of the nuances of my life, and I'd love to see that for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'll give you, I'll give you all three of mine real quick. Um, and if you can do it any time through history, that would be great. So for me, I would take uh, Ron Howard. Uh, Ron you know Howard. what? I was going to say Ron. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will take Ron Howard as a kid for the kid version of me and uh, Eric Stoltz as the teenage version of me. And uh, as the adult version of me, uh, I would take a senior adult version of me. I'd take Robert Redford. So those are my choices. Oh, sure. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I wanted a Robert Redford for me. (laughs) So, Bill, have you got any others besides those? (laughs) I would take, uh, if he were still alive, Ken Osmond, who died this week. He would have been me as a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eddie Haskell. Yes. That would have been good. Uh, The adult version. You know what somebody said to me, a friend of mine, she said to me, she says, oh, Matthew McConaughey would play you as an adult in a movie. (laughs) And I'm like, I, you know, I. You know, I can see that. I can see it, yeah. (laughs) Really? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. He's got the swagger. He's got the energy. He's wow. got he's got the kind of uh, the, the comic goofiness that feels so natural. Heck yeah, well, I can see yeah. that. Okay, all right, I'll take him then. Now I got to look at him some more. See? <laughs> well, Bill, yeah. uh, thanks for your time, man. Really, really. Oh, no, it. it was a lot of fun. Thank you, and Thomas, thank you, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And so, Bill, if uh, anybody wanted to, uh, to to find out more about you or to to see what's going on in your life, should they just come to the movie theater? Is that the best way? <laughs> Oh yeah, come on in. I'll buy you some popcorn. <laughs> and that, and tell me about the movie theater where it's located. It's in Sandy Springs. It's called the Spring Cinema and, and Tap House, and uh, we're eight screens. Did a two and a half million dollar renovation. It looks fantastic. It's uh, it's a, a full bar, full kitchen. It's the way of the future. Once we get rid of this pandemic thing. Uh, We'll be back to the future. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll make a movie. I think there's a poster. Around. <laughs> yeah, and Sandy Springs, Georgia, so people know that we're talking. Wait a about minute, Georgia. that is Back to the Future. <laughs> <poster>. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Holy man, I'm more clever than I realized. <laughs>
<laughs> well, Bill, uh, thanks so much. And if you happen to run into uh, the uh, Rex the Wonder Dog, please tell oh. him that we said hello. Well, he's in dog years. He's now 820. <laughs> so I'll, I'll tell him you said hello. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Bill Tushy, our guest right here on Meet Me at the Movies. Thomas Manning, thanks for joining us uh, as always. I'm Noel T. Manning II. And uh, thanks for spending time with us because uh, we know you have other things to do. And if you're taking the time to watch us, we really do want to say thank you. Uh, if you're doing that through C19 TV, we appreciate that. C19.tv uh, is the online streaming version. And WGWG.org is where you can find the podcast. So until next time, I'm Noel T. Manning II. That is a wrap. It's all of our responsibility to slow the spread of the coronavirus. So follow guidance from authorities where you live and stay home unless absolutely necessary. You can still use your outdoor spaces like yards and decks. It's also okay to go for a walk or exercise outside. Wear a cloth face covering, stay at least six feet away from other people, try not to touch any surfaces, and wash your hands for at least 20 seconds as often as possible. Visit coronavirus.gov for the latest information.